When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Well, what a day for Virat Kohli. He ends his long century drought bringing up his 28th test century. What a day for the great man. What a day for the king. I'm Andrew Mensel. Welcome to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Wow, Paul, Virat Kohli has finally done it again. G'day, Menas. G'day, everyone. Uh, look, we'll get to that, I think. But I, I sometimes object when I'm watching a game of um, the Australian soccer team playing when the commentators get a little bit too focused about the opposition and give us the backstory of um, various different players. And I kind of want a bit of a biased call uh, because I'm so keen for the national side to do well. And I feel a little bit that way today. And so my answer is right off the top of the podcast, let's not talk about Coley. Let's talk about what a bloody miserable day that was for Australia and how all our hopes have evaporated of two all, and only a miracle could see us get to all now. And I'm depressed and I'm sad. And I want you to be sad as well. <laughs> no, I'm not sad. I'm happy. I'm <laughs> I'm happy we saw a beer at Century. And I actually think the Australians did bloody well today. They they didn't drop their he- heads. Um, at one stage, Patel and Coley looked like they were going to take the game away from us. But then uh, Patel gets out and there's a bit of a collapse and Australia didn't concede the lead. I thought Todd Murphy was exceptional today to bowl 46 overs and go at 2.5 and over when Virat Coley makes almost 200. I think that's he's a real fine. So, look, 
I think this was our fear that it was a flat deck and India would make big runs. But I'm really happy with the way the Aussies stuck with it. And uh, I just thought it was a good day's cricket. Um, I admire your positivity. <laughs> I really do. Um, are you okay? I'm just wondering if you... Um... Are you in denial or something? The way you talked about it then is as though, oh, you know, India's had a collapse, the Australians have bowled really well. We've got them on the ropes. Tomorrow we're going to finish them off. No, I mean, we only conceded a 91-run lead, and uh, which is not that much. I thought it was going to be a 200-run lead the way Patel and Kohli were going. And then we'll probably bat out tomorrow pretty comfortably. We didn't lose a wicket before stumps today. Normally, it, you know, in got, put two has gone by would be three for at stumps, certainly in those six overs. So uh, all in all... Considering how well Coley batted, I thought Australia fought well, and you know I'm really proud of them. I'm really proud of Steve Smith's men. Oh, I think Australia always fight well. There's never a question about the effort. Um, I, I, I'm always happy with the, the the effort level, and I'm always amused when and bemused when uh, some people, not you, but others, at the start of this series, were saying that the the reason Australia was down two nil was they. They lacked pick care and they lacked courage and all that sort of nonsense. Um, they always give it their all. Um, but the day began with a possibility, albeit less likely than, um, than other op- options, of Australia having a great day and moving into a position where they could still level the series. The day ends with... Did you watch yesterday? Yeah, I, I said it was unlikely, but I, I said it, there was still a possibility that, um, you know, whether it was 5% or 10% or whatever else, that Australia could have had a really good day today and put themselves in a position of, of levelling the series. That has gone from, let's say it was a 10% chance at the beginning of today, it's now a 1% chance. And the only way Australia could win would be through some bizarre calamity where Australia collapsed for um, 200 and then India collapsed for 100. It's not going to happen. So I think that what I'm sad about is that although it seemed very likely at the beginning of today's play that the best Australia could hope for was a 2-1 series loss, that has now crystallised. And for all the fact that, yeah, we've got some players for the future and everyone held their heads up and everyone didn't, you know, feel, uh, you know, despondent, I'm sad because... Earlier on in this match, it looked very likely that Australia had a chance of levelling the series to all, and I think that would have been a fantastic achievement. Oh, well, you wear your heart on your sleeve, big fella. I get it. Sometimes I can fall prey to that as well, but I'm just enjoying the ride in this one because, you know, I thought Australia was going to lose the series 4-0, so everything's a bonus. Um, But early on, let's get into the um, actual action from today. India started the day 3 for. And then they lost Jadeja pretty early on. He went for uh, 28. And he was out to Murphy, sort of spooning one to Kawaja a bit on a pretty meek dismissal. And Coley didn't look happy. Yeah, although you can look at it two ways. One, India, um, barring a miracle from Sri Lanka, now that they potentially could win the first test against um, New Zealand, um, but then they'd have to win the second test as well. Barring that happening, all that India need to do to win the series is to draw this match and therefore they'd win it 2-1. But I think that India probably could have been more aggressive throughout today and that maybe Jadeja was slightly reckless with that shot because he he tried it three times in the over. The first one he hit for four, one he almost got caught and then he eventually did get out. Um, so I think that there was some 
justification in some aggression, but maybe not quite as recklessly as that. So um, uh, I, th I thought it was a little bit curious that India were fairly passive through much of the day, but then they really did uh, accelerate as the day as the day went on. Yeah, then uh, the keeper Barrett came out and he made a nice 44, but before being uh, caught by hands coming off the bowling of Nathan Lyon, who uh, became the the leading wicket taker for spinners in for overseas spinners in India going past Derek Underwood. So that was uh, quite an achievement. Magnificent achievement. I've always been his biggest supporter, always been a loyal <laughs> fan of Nathan Lyon. Um, you know, and uh, <laughs> they never contemplated dropping him from the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in that first two sessions, Matt Kuhneman didn't bowl a lot. Cameron Green, he tried to bowl a bit of short stuff. And, I mean, his figures, um, 18 overs, none for 90 at the end of the day. He went for five and over. It just didn't really work. Uh, it was a terrible tactic. And, I mean, people sometimes say, oh, yeah, you know, when nothing's happening, get on and bowl a few short balls and ruffle things up. I never am a huge fan of that tactic. I don't think it works very often. But this time, he bowled, I think, 12 short balls out of 13 because one of them was a, a no ball. And at one point, Barrett hit him for six, six and four. Um, I, I just think that was not the, not the percentage play. I, I think Australia would have been far better off. And I, I was a little bit irritated. There was a point a little bit later where Axar hell was batting against Lyon. And they're all playing reasonably defensively. He got one that um, hit the inside edge, crashed into the pad, and there was no one um, in close on the leg side. All they had was a slip um, and, and sort of one other catching fielder. But, you know, I, I think it was, it was at that time when India were 61 behind us still and five and I think five out that was the time that they needed to say if we are going to have any chance of um, doing anything in this game and especially the best chance of avoiding defeat in this game now's the time to really um, be aggressive and try and get a few wickets so rather than bowling a, a meaning mindless barrage of short balls I think that'd have been better off having a few close infielders uh, and, and trying to back up the, the the excellent quality of bowling that Nathan Lyon was putting in oh, I think that that was um I don't think that Smith was brilliant tactically today, albeit on a very difficult day. I thought I thought Smith was excellent, um, but um, now you can't we, just. I mean, are we going to actually have a serious conversation about this? Or you're going to just always defend him because of your no, noises about Cummins and the fact that Lyon, that, that no, Langer was removed and you, and you're annoyed? No, like, no, you can't just no, one no, line thought, say oh, I thought Smith was excellent and then move on. I thought he I thought he was today. I don't mind that tactic of trying a few short balls. They probably went with it. For a bit too long but I thought actually the field settings were really good and for much of the day India didn't score that quickly it wasn't until that partnership at the end that they really um scored quickly so I thought Smith had a good day I think we just needed more catches in place and we needed to say um unless we do something quite special then most likely the outcome is going to be what we've had where they eventually overhaul us and um we're going to be back to the wall in the second innings. If we have a, a few aggressive catches in place, then maybe we've got a chance of doing something. So um, um, today you went, but then Coley brought up the century. It ended a 1,206-day century drought. It was his eighth test century against Australia in test cricket. He equals um, 
uh, Sonny Gavaskar and his three behind Sachin Tendulkar. Um, his 100 came off 241 balls and uh, it was his 28th test ton and his 75th international ton for India. So it's an incredible record. It's, it's amazing it's been so long between test centuries when you think about it. Yeah, it is um, because he's only 34 and although he doesn't seem to be quite the player that he was a few years ago, I, I, I don't think, for me anyway, it doesn't look like he's in a decline. It's just that he's maybe um, tapered off slightly from the incredible form that he was in. Yet to go that long without um, a, a, a century was quite peculiar. It's going to be interesting to see um, what, he, what his output is over the next couple of years. Will Will he be kind of um, back to his very best, um, or is this is this a sort of a, an aberration on a on a decline? I don't think it is an aberration. I think he is going to continue to be um, one of the best players in the world for a few years to come, at least. Yeah, I agree, and I I actually think it might um, now that he's got over that hurdle of scoring the first one in so long, I think we might see a few more. And it makes me kind of nervous about the World Test Championship final because if India make it, you know, he's a just a, a match winner in any condition. So, um, yeah, huge inning from him. He ended up making 186 and he was the last um, man out. But there were a couple of half chances. Green dropped Coley. Um, after he scored his century, and then Smith uh, next over dropped a sort of half chance off Axar Patel uh, offline. So, you know, things didn't really go Australia's way. And, you know, when Patel and Ashwin, uh, when Patel and Coley got going in their 162 run partnership, it looked like India could stretch the lead to, to 150 plus and then be bowling at us with most of tomorrow. Yeah, Patel, once again, um, 79, blasting the ball to all parts. Uh, it's just been a, a very amazing test series for him. Who He's barely featured with the ball, and yet he has been India's dominant batsman of the series. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the two, one of the big separators between the sides has been their, their lower order batting, headed by um, Akshar Patel. Uh, yeah, congratulations to him. He probably deserved 100 at some stage throughout the series. Um, eventually, Stark got him dragging on, um, as saying, a sort of a cover drive at one that maybe uh, kept a little bit low, and he was out for 79. But, yeah, another fine knock. Yeah, and then um, I think Hanscom dropped a tough one in the outfield off Coley, diving away. But um, Ashwin was the next out caught by Kuhneman off the bowling of line and Ravi Shastri in commentary was quite critical of the shot. Um, what did you make of it? Um, no, I, I I had no problems with it. Um, I, I think that um, I I think things have turned out reasonably well for India. I mean, they didn't have Shreyas Iyer who's had back pain, so they they missed one of their um, uh, premium batters. He could have extended things on a little bit more. But I think that um, ultimately with the situation that they're in, that they have a lead of, what was the lead? Um, 80, 91. That's not too bad for India because it would take Australia um, the best part of two sessions tomorrow to get to a point where India could be um, thinking, oh God, you know, we're, even if we bowl them out now, we might struggle to win. So... I, I, I think it's actually turned out reasonably well for them. And I thought that it was the right time for, for Ashwin to play that sort of shot. I'm not sure what Shastri's on about. 
Yeah, I guess it just sort of left Coley, um, st- you know, stranded a bit for his double hundred because, you know, as you say, um, Aya couldn't bat. So Umar Shadab was run out uh, with a direct hit from Peter Hanscom running in from the outfield. Uh, Coley um, trying to turn a one into a two. Uh, so great bit of fielding from Hanscom. Uh, so he was out for a diamond duck. Um, and then Coley was the last man out, caught in the outfield for 186 off the bowling of Todd Murphy. Yeah, fine innings by Coley. Um, patient. You know, his strike rate was just over 50, so he wasn't too slow. And, uh, yeah, he. I think he saw that pitch and thought, this is my chance to really cash in. And he certainly did. Um, the bowling, I mean, I sort of called, said Todd Murphy. I thought he was excellent. Uh, Mitchell Stark, 22 overs, one for 97. I got the big wicket at Patel. Uh, but apart from that, it was Nathan Lyon, really, 65 overs, three for 151. He did the, the bulk of the work and kept the runs down at 2.3 and over. And without him, uh, you know, we would have probably conceded a much bigger lead. Yeah, um, Nathan Lyon bowled superbly. Uh, I, I think that Mitchell Stark uh, it probably shows, it puts into context, I think, a, a little bit of the bowling of Pat Cummins earlier in the series that a lot of people were saying that he had a, a shocker. Well, I mean, Stark has been just as ineffective on these pitches as, as Cummins was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was pretty, I mean, it was pretty, I don't think any pace would have had a happy series in the end from the Australians. Um, so, yeah, one for 97 for Stark. And then uh, Usman Khawaja had gone off the field with a sore back and uh, he didn't open. So Matt Kuhneman and Travis Head came to open and they had six overs to see out. Um, that I thought that was actually fine to send Kuhneman out there. What, I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, just back on Stark, so he, he's taken two wickets at an average of um, 66 in the series, and Cummins took three wickets at an average of 39.6 in the series. So for all this talk of all oh, the greater airspeed, and I know that Stark has had to perform on, on one pitch that was really difficult, um, but I think that that does need to be stated, that maybe um, we would have been better off going in with another batter rather than bothering with the quick at all. Um uh, I, I thought Cummins did Cummins uh, did Kawaja injure his back in that fall? I thought he injured his knee. Oh, his knee? No, his left knee. Sorry, I was getting confused with eye. Yeah, in that dive. Um, that was really disappointing when that happened. I was a bit annoyed that the commentators didn't focus. They they they, they didn't seem to be bothered by it. Like I was I was devastated by it because you know you never know with a those sorts of falls can look innocuous but can put the player out for. A, you know, a period of time. I hope he's going to be okay. Have we got any prognosis? No, I haven't heard anything, but I hope he can bat. Yeah. Oh, the fact that they open with um, Kuhneman just cracks me up. It's not, doesn't bother me, um, but it's just such a, a cricketer's way of thinking. I can imagine, oh, you know, we didn't want to disrupt the batting order, so we thought we'd bring a bowler up, and that way, uh, you know, Labuschagne gets to stay at three, and Smith gets to stay at four, and um, Mercury's moving into the new moon of Jupiter, and that tarot card does this. It's just superstition. Um, it's fine. Uh, they were lucky. Kuhneman got dropped by Barrett, and he also almost got caught in close off a short one from um, from Shammy. Um, but, yeah, I've got no problems. This is what Greg Chappell did with Kerry O'Keefe in the centenary test in 1977. Um, I think it's, um, it's a solution to a problem that doesn't exist, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm a bit like you. I, I, if they'd have sent Labuschagne out that open with head, I would have thought that was fine too. I, I think it shows just that little bit of nerves that the Australians have, though, that they were sort of, you know, had that underlying fear of losing one of their big guns um, tonight. So, yeah, carrying a few scars from past Indian tours, I think. So. Yeah, but that's kind of that's that would only be true if they would have done this if 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 um, um, Kawaja had been fine. Openers always sort of say, "How come openers never get to get a night watchman?" Well, um, you know, if they're going to do it, they should have gone the whole hog and opened up with um, Bloody Lion and Kuhneman. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so Australia head into day five, 88 runs behind with 10 wickets in hand. We've got a few questions in the chat, Paul. One before so, we get to them, um, I've got one one thing. Um, yes. I'm not criticising them for what they did in those six overs because I understand when the six overs go, human nature is let's just get through to stumps. But six overs and none for three, if they come out with the same defensive mindset tomorrow, then that's dangerous. It still might work for them because the pitch is that flat. Although it's starting to take a, you know, there's a few balls that are keeping low, and there's a few balls, there are a few balls that are spinning. It will probably continue to get a little bit harder on day five. But if they come out and say we've just got to bat and occupy the crease and don't look to score, uh, I think that's a, a really dangerous dangerous situation. We talked about the what England did in Adelaide in 2006. They came out and. Uh, looked to occupy the crease and Shane Warne bowled them out around about um, just after lunch and they cruised home, cruised to the victory. So I just think that, yes, as I said, Australia's chances of winning this game realistically are all but gone. Uh, and I, They are gone. I'm just, you know, weird things happen in sport. One in a thousand things can happen. So I just want to always cover myself against that eventuality. But They've got to play some decent shots tomorrow and get get that lead knocked away and then start to put the game out of India's reach. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That, that that's their best way of um, getting to safety. Is if, you know Travis Head has a good first session and they they get in front, then you know Indian heads will drop and it'll peter out to a draw. Um, so let's get to the questions. Uh, Monty Francis, assuming we play in India in assuming we play India in the World Test Championship final, do you think we Australia will win it? Do you think it will truly show who the better team is, Paul? Very good question. Let me just preface that by saying, um, I think that if we get out of this series two um, one down. It will actually give that match a little bit more legitimacy in the eyes of some fans because if Australia had lost four nil to India and then had and had gone and you know if we had two Test matches similar to the first two in matches three and four and then had gone to the Oval and let's say for argument's sake had beaten India, lots of Indian fans would have said, well, that's ridiculous. You know, after having been obliterated by India in India, it's a bit silly that on the on the strength of one match they then become the World Test champions. Now, of course. That's the format. It's not a perfect format. It's a very, very difficult thing to do to try to drag um, Test cricket into a format that um, that produces a final. So um, in answer to the question, I think I would have Australia starting as narrow favourites at the Oval, assuming that it's a sort of a, uh, a typical Oval pitch um, where... There's going to be, you know, there's, there's, it's not a bad wicket usually. The oval, it's it's good for batting, it's good for bowling, and there's a, there's a bit of spin 
on offer as well. I think Australia might start as slight favourites, but it would be very 50-50. They'll have the sixth day available in the case of um, bad weather, so we really should get a result. Um, and I think that whichever side wins it, you're, you're still going to have people saying, well, it's not ideal. But that's the case in World Cup soccer. You know, the best side doesn't always win the World Cup. And I think that this is probably a pretty good way of um, of deciding it. Now, I've forgotten. Is that, did I answer the question or did I just go off on a mad tangent? No, you did. You did. Uh, well, you, he sort of asked, will Australia win it? I mean, you certainly – I mean, I'll jump in there. I, th- I agree with you. I think it's going to be a very, very good contest because, you know, if it is early summer in England and the ball's moving around, that'll bring the teams closer together. You know, India has a, a fantastic pace attack. Uh, it's easy to forget on these spinning decks. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a great game. Um, and I agree with you, Australia, probably slight favourites, but really not by much. Uh, Amit M, this is an, an, ex, an extremely timid Australian team. Sending Kuhneman ahead of the batsman is a cowardly approach. Oz deserved to lose the series 3-1. Pretty harsh there, I think, Paul. Well, as I said, that's exactly what they did um, in the centenary test match of 1977. And they did that because Rick McCosker had his jaw broken. Um, and they sent um, Kerry O'Keefe out to open the batting back in the pre-helmet days. You couldn't get less cowardly than that. And the Australians are just imitating that technique. So, yeah, they're the opposite of cowardly. It was extremely brave to send Kuhneman in. Sam Hickey, one thing about Smith's captaincy that I don't like is that he doesn't bowl himself or Marnus enough. Well, I think that's just a result of having three spinners and two quicks. There's not much room for the part-timers. Might have been good to see Marnus a bit more. I don't think Smith... He's going to bowl much. He said in a press conference he's got a dodgy back. So, uh, But maybe Marnus, we probably didn't see enough of him, Paul. Yeah, I agree. And I, I understand that when you go in with three spinners, then the minute you throw the ball to the fourth or the fifth spinner, you open yourself up to criticism of what is going on. But I, I, I think that it was a pity that Travis Head only got a bowl when India were three for 7,000 and that um, Labashain didn't get a bowl at all. Uh, I, I think that they do present a different style of bowling, different angles, different spin, and you don't have to give them an enormous number of overs, but I think that you need to give them an opportunity earlier on because Marnus Labashain took that second last wicket that helped Australia reclaim the Ashes in, in 2019. Travis Head took some key wickets in, you know, in recent test matches, including in um, Sri Lanka. You can usually find out within a couple of overs whether they're going to do much. And I I think they should have given them a ball. And, uh, yeah, Smith himself, if he's got a bad back, then, yeah, absolutely he shouldn't bowl. But he even his bowling, he got that wicket against England um, that almost uh, in the Sydney Test match that was a draw in uh, two summers ago when England were nine down. He got that ninth wicket that almost got us the win. Now, an interesting uh, theme in the chat has emerged. Superdeep started this off by, um, you know, throwing out there that should Australia take a bad ball approach to tomorrow and, and go for the win, Paul, try and, you know, smash their way to, a, a, you know, 200 in front, you know, an hour before tea and, and try and bowl um, India out. I mean, you were, you know, so heartbroken at the top of the show about Australia's chances. Do you think they should just throw everything at a, an unlikely win? <laughs> uh, it'd be entertaining if they did. Um, it would be... I, I think that um, it would be good for them to be aggressive and that that's their best way, as you said, of sort of putting the game, uh, taking all the sting out of the game. That if they come out and 
play the way that they played tonight, which, as I said, was fine for tonight. But if that's the way they play tomorrow, then half an hour, an hour, an hour and a half goes by, no wickets have fallen, but no runs have been really scored. Then two or three wickets fall, the pressure gets on, and India can can go ahead and win it. Realistically, um, what do they? What would they have to do? They'd have to go at. Six and over. If they got um, you know, a hundred and maybe not six and over, five and over. Got a hundred and fifty in the first session with a, so they're leading by sixty odd, and try and do the same in the second, and then send them in. I think it's a bridge too far. Um, I, I think that it would just, <laughs> as much as I'd love to say yes, you know, you could also make the argument. Well, they're going to lose it two one. They might as well lose it three one. But I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't think that that's taking into account the physical toll as well after four days. You don't want to sort of um, you don't want to throw it away too lightly. No, and I think the pitch is um, holding together so much that even if you had say forty overs in India, it wouldn't be enough. So you know you're kind of just opening the door for them to maybe snatch a, a win that you're probably just handing handing to them on a platter. I do like the thinking though. Uh, it just shows how this stupid Baz balls have has poisoned the brains of some cricket fans. Um, wait, a minute, wait a minute! Wait a minute! There's nothing stupid about Baz ball. Baz ball, it, it might be a stupid nickname, and people not, might not like that it's been being referred to too often. But at its heart, all it is is him saying, "Let's play this game in an aggressive way." And the result has been some of the most entertaining cricket that you've ever seen over the last couple of, um, well, however long he's been in charge, the last year or so. Uh, so um, I don't think you can call it stupid. I just, no, no. I, I just think, uh, te- I think you can still play test cricket plenty of other ways. I, um, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll see. Let's see after the Ashes when we smash them 4-0 in England. Um, all right, Paul, well, it's getting late here. Um, but so thanks everybody for one, one last thing. Yes. One last thing I'd say is the time to play baseball was the first innings of this match. That would have been interesting if we could have seen how the Aussies would have gone. If they, if they'd said, listen, this pitch is flat. Um, it's not absolutely conducive to scoring an eight and over, but go out there and really play with some aggression to the strengths of the pitch. Don't try to, uh, loft balls um, like the way that Travis Head got out and the way that Jadeja got out. Play aggressively, though. Then I reckon, you know, I, I think Australia would be in a lot better position now than they than they are. Yep. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to our wrap-up of day four from the fourth test of the Border Gavaskar Trophy. Um, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up day five. Still... Uh, all on the line, Australia are 88 runs behind with 10 wickets in hand. So India still uh, have a chance of pulling off a victory if they can bowl Australia out. But really, it's the King Coley's day. He l- ended his long century drought. So congratulations to Virat. What a player. 75 international tons for India. Truly fantastic. <laughs> On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.